and then I'll and then I'll kind of attack. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So um I I guess I'm I'm still trying to get back into this whole Windows world thing. Mm-hmm. And we're we're streaming just for a few minutes. We're early guys, so we're just gonna shoot the breeze for a few minutes until the top of the hour. So um Feel free to pop into chat if anybody wants to uh, leave any comments or anything. Chat is wide open. Uh, we should be able to see all of those comments, and I will moderate all of that for you guys. So don't feel like you have to respond to every little thing. Okay. Um, so I, I'm still trying to get used to this whole Windows world, right? So I, mm-hmm. I started a new position. I'm now the marketing manager for an IT company in Youngstown which uh, Youngstown is about 20-ish minutes from East Palestine. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Which way does the wind blow, though, is the question. Well, here's the cool thing. I'm an hour and 15 minutes away from Youngstown. Oh, God. So I'm actually, so Youngstown is a big enough city that like we, you know, it's one of like the major cities of Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in Medina. I'm I'm like equally distant from Cleveland and Medina, like southwest of Cleveland yeah. and, okay. and west of, of Akron. I meant to say Cleveland and Akron. Um, I'm also getting over a cold. So if I say weird things... <laughs> It could be because, you know, I'm just not that bright. I already couldn't figure out how to make my headphones work earlier. I'm I'm an end user now. I'm <laughs> the switch flips, right? When you're an end user. Well, Chad and I just got over some sickness. And then uh, now you're heading back east, Chad, right? Um, yeah, I'm heading to Cincinnati in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked, I've worked out of Cincinnati for a few years. Never got much, you know, to central or northern Ohio, though. It's okay. You're really not missing much. There's a big difference between Cincinnati and, like, Cleveland, too. Mm. Um, Cincinnati is what uh, – there's there's this comedian from Cleveland. His name is Mike Polk, Jr. If you're ever bored, look him up. He wrote the um, – he's got three songs he wrote. And they're like the Cleveland tourism videos, he calls them. <laughs> and uh, and at the end of them, he's like, at least we're not Detroit. So, <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically he just kind of crapped all over Cleveland the, the whole right. time, though. Um, but but yeah, check it out. And he also has another thing where uh, he's he's all about having part of Ohio secede from Ohio, but not from the United States. He just he just wants part of Ohio to become its own state. He said uh, we, we even came up with some good names like South Ohio, Ohio Classic, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> Northwest Virginia. <laughs> that's a good one, Northwest Virginia. Yeah, that's amazing. Um. Yeah, so so definitely check him out. He's yeah. he's a good time. And Steve, marketing manager for uh, an MSP, then uh, IT service. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, that's that's I you know it's 
I just I love it when a when um, you know MSP has you know is fulfilling those positions or thinking that way you know and, and I'm, um, I'm yeah. the first one so yeah I, thankfully I don't have big shoes to fill right <laughs> but the CEO I'm, I'm sure he's like here's this great idea of everything I want this to be right. <laughs> like, okay great well I've got this idea <laughs> yes yeah oh well. Yeah, I mean it's and it's challenging. It's a, um, it is so interesting. This industry is is so interesting when it comes to sales and marketing and all that. I mean, I know of an MSP in uh, California. They're like nine million a year, and they they've never done any sales and marketing. You know, say so, say they never will. You know, and um, uh, you know, but I, I think you, I think you have to do sales and marketing. I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. But but in my other travels in life. Uh, you just, I just don't think you'd ever hear that in, in, in many industries, if not all of, oh yeah, we're, we're right. doing 9 million a year and we don't do sales and marketing. Like, like they do, they just don't yeah. have a dedicated resource for it. Right. Right. You no, no, you're right. right. And they, and yeah. they don't realize it or, or well, see it that you, way. you're right. You're right. And they're, and they're, you know, they're living off referral and other stuff, which is great. But yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we're reaching a point where, uh, the marketplace is maturing. So in any individual market, you have to do something different to get your message to stand out. Mm-hmm. It used to be, you know, you go to a consultant or a, an outside party and they're going to give you content that makes you stand out in your market. And these days um, you kind of get, you know, the yeah. same marketing message from a lot of IT. Yeah. The same market. I mean, but bottom line, that's cool. That's a great position you have. And, and uh, that's good. Yeah. And you're well, a tech too. Like you're, you have tech background. So, I do. I've, I've been an IT professional since 2002. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's that's great, too. You know, um, yeah. All right. So look at that. We even got a little, a little banner across the bottom. We're live. Feel free to drop questions or comments in the chat. Uh, welcome, everyone. I am Steve Taylor. I'm the host of Rocket MSP. And today I am joined by Chad and it's not showing names. Bobby. Yeah. Bobby, that's right. There we go. Yeah. I should have known that. (laughs) (laughs) I should have. Just like I should have known headphones is where the the music comes out of. So, oh my gosh. Sorry, guys. So, uh, yes, I'm joined by uh, Chad and Bobby. And today we're going to talk about. Uh, Zest PSA, and your your website is zestmsp.com. Yep. And uh, is is it zestfully clean? <laughs> yeah, I know. We 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 thought about that uh, many times, and and you know the actually, I mean, really the the name is interesting um, because uh, and we've got. Let's see if I can show these stickers right the right way. There we go. Um, but uh, we, Chad and I built a, a MSP that, you know, hugely successful. And um, uh, the name of that MSP is Lime Tree Labs. And, and, and as we were building a PSA and trying to come up with what we wanted to name it, um, the first thing came from, you know, zest, zest, you know, lime zest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just what we started with. And then, and then we settled on zest. Uh, we thought that was a, you know, uh, simple, simple, quick, everything that we, 
you know, that we're trying to put out there, um, intuitive and, uh, you know, in the, you know, Zest MSP is the name uh, of the company and we do Zest for short. So. Got it. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you for correcting me on that. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to just kind of dive right in because I, I think that your software, while it's gorgeous, it offers what I'm going to call a, a no frills approach where it, it does what you say it's going to do and it, and it does it pretty well. Um, I, I had a chance to demo it and I, I like it. It's like I said, it's pretty. So I, I've got that shiny object syndrome. Um, but, but the other thing I, I still can't figure out is how the hell are you running a multi-million dollar MSP using Zest today? And the reason I said it is because if I'm being honest, it's missing things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's a, it's a PSA, right? But, but really it, it doesn't feel like a PSA as much as it feels like a really solid ticketing system. Mm. It doesn't have, it doesn't have integrations. It doesn't do quoting. Um, I couldn't even figure out if it does like opportunity management or, or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, contracts, um, invoicing, like so some, some of that stuff is either uh, hidden and I, and I didn't poke around deeply enough, mm -hmm. uh, or just doesn't exist. Yeah. So how, how, how on earth are you running your MSP so well using Zest PSA? Yeah. Well, good question. And I do think, uh, you know, uh, Chad, I give your response as well uh, after mine. And I think part of it is, uh, there, maybe there was some more poking around to do Steve and, and we definitely, um, you know, could have taken it around a little bit more and, you know, that's on us, but, yeah, we there. There is. Uh, you can do estimates out of it. You can um, you, you can quote product out of it right out of a ticket. Um, you know, create projects right out of it. Uh, you can invoice out of it. Um, you know, it syncs to QuickBooks, um, and so it has all, all those features in there. Um, you know, you've got your tasks and your tickets and, and all that as well. Yeah, um, interesting. So, and, and we're yeah, and we're and we're not trying to go um, feature to feature. Um, with uh, anything that's out there. And so let me set that stage real quick and then, and then Chad, you can chime in. So the stage I want to set real quick is this. Um, you know, Zest is uh, different in a sense that um, we feel like originally years and years and years ago, you know, Chad and I have been doing this for, for 20 years. Uh, there was a couple choices, you know, and we feel like they got it wrong from the get-go, really. And everything have, has been built off those two choices and kind of gone from there. Um, and, and Zest is definitely more than just a, a ticketing system. And so we really cleared the board. Uh, we, we, we just sat down and said, you know, 20 years, what does uh, an MSP uh, need to be successful? Um, and, and the big, uh, you know, the, the big idea is a lot of the tools in PSA needs to get out of the way of you being a successful MSP. You shouldn't be spending a ton of time on, you know, or, or even in your PSA or on some of your tools and apps and things like that. You should be spending time on and with your customers. You should spend, be spending time on and with your staff, you know, techs, engineers, your admins. You should be spending uh, time, uh, 
you know, learning your, your tech. You've got cybersecurity, you know, other security to keep your customers safe. There's so much that goes into um, running an, an MSP and, and making it successful. And of course, I mean, you've also got your business development and all that. And on the, on the employee side of it, the tech side, engineer side, like who wants to do more paperwork and have more, more and more um, uh, things in the way? And so you, you mentioned opportunities. For instance, in Zass, it's, it's super simple to start a project. It takes, it takes less than two minutes to pretty much have your project in there and outlined, and then you can add to it. And instead of going through five and six tabs and creating all these different things that don't really sync the way they should. Um, and so we, we, we definitely went on the side of simplicity for all that. Now we are going to add features as we go. Um, but yeah, you're right. A multi-million dollar um, uh, MSP at this, this point uses it no problem, um, thrives with it. And we have other customers that are using it. And, you know, one of the key features, which hopefully we'll get into, uh, Steve, is the dash bar. That dash bar um, lets you know how you're doing um, with your customers um, and with your business like at all times. And it's there, super simple. You, you know, you can see everything in that way. So, yeah, maybe there was a little more poking around to do. Um, Chad, you can add to this. Um, but but in the end, we do want to say we're, we're you know, we don't think you need um, a thousand reports. Uh, we, we don't think you need um, highly customizable um you know, for a PSA, we don't think you need all these things. Um, you know, I, I walked a, a real story. I, I was on the road and I visited an MSP that, that started in 2004. And here it is, 2023. Um, and, they're, you know, they're still not over a million dollars. And um, but they were heavily wrapped into their tool. Um, I don't know if I'll mention or not, but they had, you know, seven, eight uh TV monitors on the wall. They had 200 plus gauges. I mean, you know, really, they're not even really working, doing the work as an of an MSP. They're just really great at that PSA. They should say, you know, hey, we're we're really good, at, you know, within this PSA. Like we can do, you know, all we spend all our time, all our time is spent in this PSA, versus customers, staff, technology, all the things that you know, successful MSPs do. And Chad and I would contend, my final point, um, Chad and I would contend that um, successful MSPs have, they have, they, they have um, done well in spite of the tools and the products out there today. It's amazing that we're in this tech space, the technology space, and it's amazing at the interface and, and the, the methods and the flow, some of the terrible products and, uh, that we have out there. Um, it, it is amazing to me. And so, uh, Chad, we want to add to that? Yeah, just real real briefly, just to reiterate what Bobby was talking about, the intent of this product. 80% uh, of MSPs in the space are what, are what everybody would classify as small to medium. And we feel like the biggest problem with being a large MSP is getting there. It's very hard to get there because you try to adopt tools too early that that assume you have a staff of 40 or 50 and those tools are just they're in your way, as Bobby said. And so um, one of the interesting things we found, Steve, and it doesn't surprise me that maybe that was your experience with Zest. The longer somebody has been in the industry, the more confused they are because they think uh, I, I, there's no area for opportunities 
or activities or how do I do a quote? It's because we, like Bobby said, built it literally from the ground up. We didn't look at any existing systems. We looked at proven MSP business processes. And then we built the system on top of those processes. How do you quote something? Well, in the ticket where a product needs quoted, you add a material and the entire life cycle from quote to invoice, tracking every step of the way lives in that original ticket. And so even though you may have two or three people involved in the process, you just have one ticket, you don't have separate areas, you go in the software, everything is managed there. It's the same thing with invoicing. You can invoice from materials and tickets, you can invoice from your projects, you can invoice from your time entries. It's all kind of integrated from the ground up. So for MSPs who are moving from an existing PSA, you know, one of the big products into Zest, we find that we have to untrain some of the complexity that they are assuming is required to do what they need to do. Whereas MSPs who are smaller and need a tool to grow, they can kind of dive right in because we're able to show them, here's how you do things and they don't have any kind of predisposed notions. So yeah, I just wanted to point out that we, every single thing you mentioned is in Zest already, other than like you said, there's a lot of integrations that are just in the pipeline at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Started with the billing because that's the most important. Okay. Well, I I have I have a list, and I think I gave you my list because I wanted you guys to be prepared with the the things I wanted to see. But I think it probably makes the most sense for us to just kind of, you know, have someone share their screen and dive into Zest. Yeah, um, for sure. So if one of you want to do that, uh, there's a little present button down at the bottom, and then you can choose your screen. Yeah, and while Chad's doing that, uh, if it's so, if it's okay, let me just uh, one more thing too. Just, even with something like projects, you know, we mm -hmm. again we've been we've been doing projects for 20 years, right? And 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 I I, I am familiar with other industries um, in, in different ways, um, and there are some industries, and you know that. Projects are very complicated. They are. They're very complicated. There's there could be people across the world working on it. There could be 30, 40, you know, team members. There could be just moving parts everywhere. But really, in this industry, you know, the technology end of it is complicated. You know, you need to know how to set up a server. You need to know all 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 of that behind it. But pro but projects in and in, the, in and of themselves are not complicated. You know, you have a customer like you know, the same example, you have a customer that needs a new server, send them, a, send them an estimate with server and how much labor it's going to be. They, they come back. Yeah, that, that looks good. Let's do it. Um, usually you're going to have one or one or two techs or an engineer working on that. Um, you know, server comes in, you, you, you spin it up and get it on site and go through there. And there's all these steps, but in and of itself, that, that is not a very complicated project. Um, and so again, we have, we have, you know, just worked with tools in this space that just make it terribly complicated for something that does not need to be, you know. And so, again, projects in, in Zest are super simple. They have everything you need in there. There's, there's nothing you're missing, um, but very simple. All right. I've got, uh, I've got the screen shared here. Yes, you do. Okay, excellent. So uh, here is what you see when you log into Zest. This is the landing page and uh, just real short highlight of the, of the unique features. Um, number one, you'll notice this looks definitely different than most systems because again, it was designed from the ground up. And 
I just wanted to point out, and some of your questions had uh, had some um, things that alluded to this in there. We want to be really clear about what Zest is and it is not. Zest is a PSA and ticketing system built for MSPs. It is not a general use IT ticketing system. It is not meant for internal IT, enterprise IT, um, IT contractors at all. And so we just want to kind of get that out there. That So some of the features that you may expect from what some people think of as a PSA, um, they may not ever be in Zest because they're not for MSPs. We are not, you know, this product is designed for MSPs specifically. And because of that, we, and because of our long experience in the industry, working at many different MSPs, large and small, starting our own, becoming a market leader with ours, um, we have a lot of experience with what MSPs actually need to do to be successful. And we've built the entire system uh, around those processes. So the two things, you really boil it down. There's two things that MSPs need to do to be successful. They need everybody to know what their customers need done and to get it done in a timely manner. And as an, at the leadership and ownership level, you need to know that everybody's doing what they need to do so all those customer needs are being met. It's, it's really kind of that simple. Now, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, there's a lot of complexity to it. But at its core level, there's two areas in Zest. There is the very top area we call the dash bar. It is visible no matter where you are in the product. It is your universal HUD, your, your real-time view into the MSP for all the things that are very critical and can easily fall through the cracks as an MSP grows. Even we see a real stumbling block as an MSP grows beyond that initial one or two employees, trying to get to five, 10, 15 employees. That's where things really fall through the cracks unless your system is making it visible for you. The other key area is the work feed. This is the basically the home screen for every employee at the MSP, technical or not technical. And everything they should be doing is broken down on the work feed top to bottom, what should I be doing right now? Well, I should be doing whatever's at the top of my work feed. Yeah, let's run through that dash bar, Chad, real quick. Yeah, so the dash bar has a um, snapshot of how many open tickets you have, but then it has six real-time gauges. And these gauges are monitoring company-wide uh, the key things that need to stay on track for your customers to be happy and for your MSP to be successful and grow. Uh, first thing is new tickets, and right here we can see this gauge is red, indicating somebody has failed to follow this business's outline process. And, and these use stoplight colors? Yes, yep. Yellow is warning, green is good, red is bad, red is failure. And what's great about all of these gauges is these are not just HUD elements, they're completely interactive. If you click this gauge, it takes you right to where you have a problem so you can immediately address it. And maybe it's not your problem. Maybe you're not responsible for dispatching new tickets. But if it's gone red, whoever is responsible has failed. You can deal with that later. You need to make sure the customer's happy. So you click this gauge, you go to your list of unassigned tickets. And in Zest, you can very quickly go into a ticket, assign it to a technician. And just like that, you've responded to the customer, the ticket is dispatched, and now you know that all your customers' re, uh, tickets are getting responded to. And this was a key 
um, differentiator when we built our MSP. Of course, you can set up something automated. You can let the customer know that a system got their ticket. But that personal touch is one of the unique things that makes the MSP business model successful. Every single interaction you have with a customer is a chance to show your worth to them, make them happy. And so we built Zest around not relying on a bunch of automation, making it super fast and simple to keep that personal communication going. You can see that dispatching a ticket literally took 15 seconds. So you have 20, 15, 20 tickets to dispatch. You can get through them very quickly. Uh, another key concept in Zest is uh, scheduled due dates. We know some PSAs support this, some don't. Many support it, but it's not a core concept. It's something you have to go way out of your way to use. So here we have an overdue ticket, meaning somebody did not do something when it was scheduled to be done. We can click into the overdue ticket gauge. We can see here this meeting status is scheduled, but it's overdue. I can go into that ticket. I can see my next scheduled action right here. I was supposed to call this customer yesterday. Uh, in this case, it's very easy because they weren't expecting this call. I can just reschedule this ticket. Maybe I don't have time until tomorrow. Call them in the morning. Now the ticket's rescheduled. Now a person has looked at the ticket and determined, did I mess up? Do I need to call the customer immediately? Or did I just miss a scheduled action? And now there are no overdue tickets, so the gauge is green. And this gauge does turn yellow. Both these gauges turn yellow before anything's wrong, just to give you a heads up. If you've got a new ticket, but you have not failed your first response SLA, the new ticket's gauge is yellow, letting you know you need to dispatch something. The same thing for an overdue ticket. If you're overdue, but less than an hour, it's gone yellow saying, hey, make sure whoever is supposed to be working on this is working on it, or you reschedule with the customer. Uh, and again, these, are, they seem like simple things, and yet, Bobby and I have worked in the big PSA systems for really almost 20 years. And these are the things that are hard to do. But you need to, your staff needs to do them dozens, 30, 50 times a day. And yet they're hard to do these simple things. So we, we built the system to be easy to do that. Uh, these other gauges are a little quicker, overdue tasks. In Zest, we support tasks. Uh, these are things you need to do, but they're not tickets. They shouldn't have an SLA associated with them but you don't want them to live in your email inbox. You don't want to live, them to live outside your system where you track all your time and all your employee activities. So in Zest, especially for internal work or for things you need to do in the future, you can create simple tasks and schedule those and assign those. So, oh, look, I forgot. Uh, I have a task for a 10 Rocket MSP podcast here. So I'll start work on that because I'm doing that right now. So that scheduled item is in progress, so there's no problem. And then uh, I have another task for sending a report. And again, I can just reschedule that when I'm going to have time. And there we go. Just like that, I'm up to date with my customer stuff that's in tickets, but internal work as well that's in tasks. So I've got, I've got some questions on tasks. Sure. So you, you hit start work. Is that, uh, is that tracking time? When you do start work, it does track a timer in the right. Um, for tasks and for tickets, there's an in-progress option, and it puts the status in progress, which pauses any alerts at the top of the screen here, any gauge alerts, and just lets everybody know what you're working on. And it also changes your action buttons up here, because if it's in progress, then you have some new options like resolving it, reassigning it, or scheduling it. 
Yeah, yeah, besides the timer, you can you can also just create time as well. Timesheets or time was a, a big problem that we always found in anything we ever used. It's very important, especially where MSPs have moved, uh, you know, to the the recurring, you know, um, recurring monthly model where you're 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 charging the customer so much every month, and, and you're you're expected to take care of the IT, and mm -hmm. you, you really need to know uh, where your time is being spent for everything, and especially for for customers, how much time you're spending, things like that. And you know, when you look back, uh, really step back and look at an MSP. Um, to think that you can track all your activities through tickets is ludicrous. It never happens. Um, and so things fall by the wayside. You know, tickets are meant to have a little bit of uh, a wrinkle of complexity to them because of the nature of, of fixing an issue um, that may be tied to a machine and things like that, where tasks are a little different. Um, but even the, even the system that we were using before uh, we, we switched over to Zest, we, we couldn't put times to task. Or we couldn't put time to tasks, and that was a problem. And so, you know, yeah, Chad and I stepped back many times and said, "Wow, really? It's 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 fifty fifty sometimes, maybe sixty four. Like it's ticket tickets are not, uh, you, you know, something that's that's you know more than fifty percent, fifty or sixty percent of what you do. But in some systems, you you have no no option but to try and force it to be more than that, or maybe even hundred percent. Right. You, know, you you get revolt." From your your tech engineers and everyone else, if you're if you're trying to push time uh, through everything being a ticket, I mean, there's just a just a, a plethora of problems trying to do everything through a ticket in, in, for an MSP. And so, yeah. the task was a big deal that not only there was time, but it was easy to do that you could uh, control it. So, yeah, and um, like Bobby was saying, this we found this to be one of the key differentiators between the successful MSPs with a lot of growth and a lot of profitability and those that might struggle is knowing where all your time goes, all your employee time, because it's not just about tracking billable hours. It's about tracking all the time you spend. What is your cost per customer? What is your performance per employee? And what are the results you're getting, you know, for all, all the employees you're paying? So in Zest, we made it very easy. I mean, incredibly easy to enter time. You have a timer to help you, but you don't need the timer. If you're in a ticket, you can create a time entry. You simply pick a work type. We'll call this a marketing meeting. And you can pick your start and end times. You don't, you don't have to rely on timers because we did find a lot of systems uh, kind of rely, depended on timers. And if you were off the timer, um, you couldn't put you couldn't even put time in. So here we can actually put our time for the future if we just assume this is going to go till one. Yeah, and, and you and you know, Steve, uh, you bring up uh, uh, you know multi-million dollar MSP, you know, a large MSP. Well, uh, good luck with some of the products out there trying to tack trying to tack track time, and, 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 and you've got even more of a, a heavy lift with with a bigger MSP. Good luck, and so the thing with Zest, it is just super simple to get your time in there. Yep. Um, and there's different ways to do it. It's very flexible. Uh, we wanted a lot of visibility, you know, like the dashboard on the top. We wanted a lot of visibility for the whole organization for all these different things. In fact, as we were developing uh, that, we, we had to really push for that. 
where we we were uh, you know working with uh, certain teams or developers that were wanting to silo things or have permissions for this or permissions for that, and and we let them know no this industry it truly is a it truly is a team effort in this industry whether you're you know five people or ten or fifteen or twenty like everyone needs to know what's going on in in one way or another within the organization with the customers. I mean the last thing you want as an owner and really as an employee, because it affects you as well is to walk in one morning and, Oh, we just lost, we just lost the customer. And you, what, 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 what happened? Right. And if you don't even, you're not even, not even sure you, maybe their tickets are taken care of, uh, you know, their, their environment is good, but maybe you haven't seen them in six, seven, eight months or maybe a year. Uh, you know, Chad and I worked at places where they, they just, they'd go a year longer. No, no relationship, no, not right. And so there's all these different factors of keeping customers. You want to keep them, you want to keep them for the long haul. That's another, another way to be successful is keep those customers for long haul. And so this dash bar just, just really focuses you in on that. So. Yeah. Just, just a very short detour off. Here's what your timesheet looked like. Um, we built the timesheet in Zest specifically to make it easy for employees and their managers to see where is their time going and are they tracking all their time. I've got a gap in my time right here. I can put this in. And track that time just like that. So you can track time against tickets, you can track it against tasks, but you can just track it. You can, all you need to know was the, what company was the time spent for? What type of work was it? And how much time did you spend? And, and I see it's got a, a field for the ticket or even a task. Yes. Absolutely. If you if you go, oh, I know what I was doing at this time. I was working on that ticket for, you know, for whoever. You can actually put your ticket number in. Well, not if you do break lunch. <laughs> and you can find your ticket here. So, again, all built around... Uh, removing every possible yes. excuse your employee might have for not putting their time in. In fact, many MSPs using Zest report that they have 100% time tracking, which was something that is nearly impossible in most systems. It's just so difficult, yeah. so much work. And you want to make it easy because you don't want to micromanage techs and engineers. Right. That's no good either. So you want to make it easy. And, you know, we were using one of the leading uh, products out there. And we still had to find workarounds all the time. We remember, do you remember this, Chad? We had a thing called QuickTime Ticket. Oh, it was ridiculous. Only track time in tickets. So it was how we, yeah, it's how we kind of covered tasks and some other stuff because there was no other way to do it. And so we created this QuickTime Ticket that people had to hit. And it's, you know, I mean, uh, and Chad's going to show the customer uh, health, the uh, interaction um, button on the dashboard in a minute. We've tried, we tried Outlook stuff and different. I mean, we've tried all these different things with the tools we had. And you know what it did? All it did. Yeah. All it did when we were doing these workarounds and using these overbloated, complicated tools, all it did was take time away from us spending with our customer take time away from spending with the staff, take time as learning new technology, good technology. I took time away from all of that. And what we did is we fought that. We just found workarounds so that we kept time with those things. Um, but we got tired of it. We're like, that. we're we're tired of it. And that's, you know, so. But keep going on that dashboard, Chad. Let's, let's not. 
Yeah, and I've got I've got a couple more questions on tasks. Yeah. So uh, right now, I actually am using Microsoft to do, um, mm -hmm. as, and I I kind of am keeping track of uh, all the things that you know as marketing manager. I don't I'm not doing a bunch of stuff with tickets and Autotask. So I've got Microsoft to do, and uh, that's that's what I I feel. I feel accomplished when I start checking off the little boxes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so what what I think I'm understanding here is I can have a to-do. Now, can a to-do be assigned to a, a customer? It can. It can. And the big differenti differentiator is the tasks do not have the ability to communicate with the customer from the task or to, um, uh, they're not against SLAs or, or inside queues. So it's, it's absolutely work you're doing on behalf of the customer. You can track it, but, but they're not waiting for you. And the, the real core concept there for MSP success is if they're waiting on you, it should be tracked under an SLA. If they're not yeah. waiting, let, let me jump. Activity, it doesn't. Yeah, let me jump in here, Chad, because, you know, Steve, on the admin side, you know, sales, sales side, admin side, which I covered a lot of the admin side over, over, my, over my years. That mm -hmm. was always so frustrating. There was nowhere for admin, sales, anything, all that kind of stuff. And, and Chad remembers, uh, because before we were partners, we worked at other places together. And Chad remembers when uh, my my disgust on my face when he said, well, you're going to have to put all that in a ticket. You're going to have to track it in. Right, Chad? Remember that? I'm like, and I used to get so mad. I'm, I'm not doing anything in tickets. I'd get so yeah, mad. You know, it's like, it's not my out. world. Yeah, I'm like, it's not my world. And so... So yeah, you could Steve for you, you like you just put you could use a Zest to put your task all that all that in there. You'd be able to track it, see it, know it. But here's a cool thing: the rest of the org can see it too, so that you don't have to be outside. You don't have to be using Microsoft to do. You everyone can see tasks in there, you know. And that okay. again, we 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 just found that a big part of a successful MSP was was not just tickets. There was legitimate things that needed to be tasks. And and we found a workaround, but with but with Zest, we love it because it's there. You can put time to it. You can you know it's there, and everyone can see it. And uh, and tasks are, are tasks are a little bit simpler too. They're a little bit easier, quicker, you know, piffy to set it up, which they should be. You know, tickets are an issue. Tickets, uh, you know, maybe connect to a machine, all that kind of stuff, you know. So, mm -hmm. good. So I I like this so far. So, yeah, I and you know we we've talked to uh, many MSPs so far that the, everything we've talked about so far they really track with and they like and you know again when I say that that you cannot if you're doing everything 100 through through tickets you're you're doomed you know I really mean that I, I mean it's a bold statement but I really mean it because it's it's just not going to work and you know if somebody has pulled it off then wow kudos they deserve a huge reward. Um, well, what happens uh, yeah. is when you're, when you're trying to do that, what inevitably happens is you you just don't do you don't track certain things. Yeah, it's and too, and, too and admins, time. yeah, admins, sales, marketing, all that kind of stuff, they don't want to be working in tickets. I mean, yeah. yeah. So um, to fit, wrap up here with the dashboard, I think you can get the, the general concept. When you're all green, mm -hmm. you're you're good. Now, of course, you have to have your whole staff using this this product properly. But you know, if you're if you got a marketing report that you had scheduled for a specific time and you blew it off, this gauge is going to let everybody know. And if you're out sick, 
and you had tasks that are due that day, people are going to be able to know that they're getting dropped and they can click into them. So we've really, again, built this to make it easy for small and medium MSPs to all work together, all track everything. So these last gauges are, are the same. SLA health and average urgency are, are related, but two different things. And we can see here our SLA health, most people in MSPs are familiar with that SLA. Uh, it's red, it's, it's indicating if we click it, we've got some tickets that failed SLA. Now a related but different thing that drives a lot of the automation that's in Zest and going to be in Zest uh, later this year with even more uh, features is this urgency score. An urgency score is uh, a product of a ticket's SLA and its age, but also its priority and, and what those SLA levels are, so how fast the SLA ages. And what this largely is used for is to sort the work on your work feed. If we go to work feed, which we'll cover in a minute, the very top thing is this highest urgency ticket that I'm assigned. No cherry picking tickets, no ducking it. This is what I need to work on next because it's the one that the customer is the most likely to get upset about if it doesn't get done. Now, in this case, we can see it actually failed its resolution SLA uh, by over an hour. And so this is just the, as bad as it can get. But of course, this system is designed to help you avoid things failing. So this gauge will turn yellow if you're going to have a resolution SLA failure in the next eight business hours. And it gives your staff, your service manager, an opportunity to easily click this and say, oh, I've got 16 hours on this, you know, got four hours on this, and they can assign more resources, shift things around, make sure stuff does not fail to meet your business process. Yeah. And we had one uh, user obsessed report that their performance on resolution SLA went from 92 to 99% in the first two months of using Zest because you can't avoid it. This, unless you just want this thing to be red and failed at all times, everybody in the company knows what's going on. And there is a report page we can show real quick, Steve, that helps show yeah. this. Well, let's, let's get through the rest of these real quick. Chad. And urgency mm -hmm. is related. Basically, this urgency is your early warning system for if your MSP is getting overloaded. This turns yellow if you're above five average urgency and then red if you're above eight. And it shows that maybe you don't have anything that's failed SLA yet, but you've got a big backlog of things that are getting pretty old. And if you click that, it will take you and show you all your tickets sorted by urgency. And you can figure out what's going on. Why do I have so many urgent tickets? Maybe in this case, in our demo, uh, these are three duplicate tickets. Uh, you, only, you only need one of those tickets. Yeah, and with the average urgency score, really, it's every MSP knows you have maybe uh, an issue that's been just keeps getting kicked down the road. And so it's it's age is just crazy, right? You know, I don't know, 80 days or, or something, you know, and that it doesn't allow you to just let that keep keep growing mold and getting worse, you know, um, that right. urgency score. And urgency, again, is related to priority. So very easy to reprioritize tickets that were not prioritized when you see that score is artificially high. Mm -hmm. And once you close these tickets or adjust their urgency, your SLAs automatically uh, update. Everything in Zest is real-time interactive. It's not looking back at old data. It is a live system. So by closing that ticket that needed closed right away, deleting those duplicates and reprioritizing a few things that were not prioritized properly. Just like that, we have no more SLA failures 
and our average urgency is back in the green. And um, from Zest users, we find that MSPs that don't have an operational problem, they usually keep this average urgency under four, you know, and we warrant at five um, because most of your tickets should be pretty new. You know, if, if things are moving along, it's not going to go up. But if it starts going up as an owner you, or a manager, you're able to see very quickly, hey, we're starting to fall behind. And the final one here, this is very unique. I know it's Bobby's favorite. This is my favorite one. I love it. So I know some of your questions, Steve, were related around CRM. And we definitely don't build Zest as a CRM. We do have a lot more features planned because, of course, MSPs do need that function. But the most important use of any CRM functionality is your existing customers. I mean, it's the number one driver, without a doubt, in our long experience and industry uh, surveys, the number one driver of MSP growth are happy customers. Those referrals are the number one driver. Everything else is still important, but the number one driver is happy customers. So the existing features that are in Zest are around happy customers. We click this gauge, it takes us to a customer who does not have a um, relationship interaction scheduled. This is kind of new territory for a lot of MSPs, and we had, you know, we had to come up with our own verbiage, but we call these interactions, not a ticket, not a task, not a sales meeting. These are the things you do to differentiate yourself as their uh, IT partner, right? Not just some company that pays some money for, for when something breaks, but yeah. you are an integral part of the company. When we ran our MSP, many of our customers, we were the third highest line item on their expenditures, right? You have to justify those expenditures. They have payroll and they might have their rent and then they have you. You know, it's very visible and you have to you have to justify it. So here you can track your high level interactions. And if you don't have any interaction scheduled or you have failed to meet your scheduled interaction, this gauge is going to turn yellow to give you a warning and then red if you're overdue by too long. And here for this customer, we're just going to schedule a pop in. Haven't seen them in a while. And while you're scheduling that, Chad, so you know, an interaction is, is could be a pop-in. You go in and say, hi, it could be a VCIO meeting. It could be uh, maybe you send them something in the mail. Like, we, we, you know, it can be very creative and all different things. But the point is you're keeping that relationship, uh, you know, you're keeping that relationship alive. You know, they, they know who you are. They know. I mean, many times we would have customers, uh, everything is great. Their network's great. They don't have any tickets open. Everything's great. And then the managing partner of the firm uh, can't file a brief. And usually it's because of user error on his part or whatever. And he's just frustrated. There's a frustrating moment. And he says, I don't even know who, who IT is. Who I don't even see him. Who are they? I don't even know. Right? And so it's not even fair uh, to the MSP, really. But but where you haven't fostered a relationship, you haven't built any grace, you, 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 know, you either don't go by or any of that stuff, that's what happens. You know, and that gets mentioned. And so you you have to find a way to have those relationships with your customers and with their employees. One way, if you want to really build your MSP big, one way to do it is to think of your customers, employees as your potential referral sources. So you, you have a customer, you have a point of contact maybe you work with, you have the owner of, of that business you work with, that kind of thing, but all of their employees 
They may go to a different company. We had this happen over and over and over. They go to a different company. The IT's not very good or maybe no IT. You know, we were using, uh, you know, this great IT to the other place I was at. Oh, okay, well, let's let's talk to them, you know. So, again, it, and it's not us techs and, engineer, techs and engineers. It's not the thing we really want to do, right? It's, it's just it's not maybe in our nature. Maybe it is for some, but in a lot it's not that kind of thing. But this at least puts it in our in the MSP's mind and lets them know, have I, you know, what's the last time I've reached out? What have I done? All that kind of thing. So we feel it's very important. Yeah, and as Bobby is pointing out, you know, um, the MSP we built, it took over an entire vertical in the market. It became the IT provider to the majority of a specific business space. And a huge driver of that was getting a reputation for excellent service and having those people, those actual, all those users that, that you're paid to take care of, move around between different companies, you know, these different organizations and, and give those referrals. And um, you can be as aggressive or, or not as aggressive as you want with the, with the scheduling of this. We left it open. But, you know, our, our recommendation for MSP growth is minimum of monthly and for larger customers, bi-weekly or even weekly, a huge mover. Um, people buy from people. And this lets you set what you want for your MSP. Uh, you know, you can assign this interaction to whoever needs to do it. And it's going to pop up. Give them a, a notice that hey, it's it's your you know, turn to run out there and do this visit, or maybe that next interaction is going to be that higher level VCL meeting or a customer training. Uh, and this gauge staying green lets you know that your MSP is following whatever the customer retention process you put in place is, and if it's ever you know being missed, you're able to easily click that and see what's going on. And then as far as CRM functions go, uh, we do again try to make it so simple not tasks, not activities, not tickets or anything like that. You can log your interaction notes right here, shows up right here. And while we're on the screen, again, keeping it simple, slaying the dragon of complexity. While you're on site, if that customer brings up something that they might want to have done, well, why don't you just set an IP goal for them? Put it on the agenda for that next VCIO meeting. And uh, it's all in one place, super easy, super fast. So you can, every single customer, know what's going on with them and they keep them happy. Hey, before you go to the work feed real quick, uh, Chad, one last thing about the dash bars. It becomes gamified. We didn't um, think about that when we built it out, but it becomes gamified. Um, you know, text and interest will techs and engineers look at that and they want to keep it green. You know, we've heard things like, Hey, no Christmas lights, things like that. You know, they, they want to keep it green. It's, it's makes it fun. So. Right. Hmm. So uh, any other questions about that or, or, or anything you want to, want to uh, look at? Not yet. Work feed? All right. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you had noticed earlier, we have red reminders up here at the top of the work feed. That was for all our overdue things. When something's overdue, that uh, technician or that employee or even the owner, you know, have to had to hold myself accountable. Whoever it is has no excuse for not knowing because the whole design of the system is that everybody can simply work off of their work feed. You go to your work feed, whatever is at the top needs your immediate attention. If you have a scheduled activity coming up, it's going to give you a reminder at the top when you're uh, 15 minutes out from that. 
And if you miss it, it's going to stay at the top. It's going to turn red. And you need to, you know, do what you're missing or reschedule it. So as we cleaned up those overdue tickets and tasks, the, all those red reminders went away, which is how it should be if you have nothing scheduled. And then the next area uh, is the next tickets feed. And so this is, this is our attempt to solve one of the biggest problems I had back when I was a technician. I still remember staring at our ticketing system and having 50 tickets assigned to me. And just that overwhelming feeling of where do I go from here? What do I do next? Right. I'm sorting by, by, by scheduled activity, but that doesn't always work because a bunch of them are overdue already. I haven't had time to update them. Um, I don't know, you know, they have F different SLAs, but they're hard to tell. It's it just, you know, maybe look, go look at age. It's very overwhelming. And that's not what should happen. What should happen is you should work on the next most urgent thing that you have. So the next tickets shows you your three most urgent tickets that are assigned to you. Um, or uh, if there's a ticket that has had some sort of activity that needs to happen, like a customer's responded to a ticket and you have not acknowledged that response. It just automatically sorts the tickets you should work on. You can see down here, I actually have seven tickets assigned to me. Most of those tickets are scheduled. They're already scheduled for future work and I don't need to worry about them right now, regardless of, of where they're at with urgency. So I just move on to my next most urgent ticket that hasn't been worked on. Start work on that ticket. Maybe I give the customer a call. Resolve that. Whenever you uh, resolve or finish, finish your in-progress work on a ticket, automatically pops up so you can put your time in if you want. And that's it. That ticket's gone. Come to this next ticket. Take a look at that. Looks like they want something done in the future. So we're just going to schedule that ticket. And you hit start working uh, on the ticket first, right? That's right. And to help, oh, pick the, pick the pass there. To help with that, uh, you cannot do some of these actions unless you actually go in progress first. So um, we know that the standard method most ticketing systems use is you pick a status, right? You change the status by picking it. And we have always found across many systems, and we've used many PSAs over the years, many. the two big ones extensively. Um, you can see in Zest, everything is using modern, completely um, responsive UI design. You're not going into edit mode clicking a dropdown, selecting something, saving something. The whole UI has been built around speed. I mean, your technicians, your employees at your MSP do these activities 50, 70, 100 times a day from your top performers. And to add so much friction to something they're literally going to do 100 times a day every single day of their life is um, infuriating. Honestly, this was one of my kind of my personal missions as we started designing the product, I said, it's going to, it's going to be simple for the technicians. They're going to be able to do their normal things without uh, a lot of friction. So you want them to start work. You, when you go into start work, I was already in started. Uh, you get your activity buttons change. One of the things that we found is really common is somebody just needs a little more time. So you can click the snooze button if your ticket's overdue and you just need to wrap up what you're working on. That actually was a request from one of the very first technicians using Zest. 
and we just make it very easy to do the normal things that you do inside the ticket. And so if we come back here, we can reschedule that ticket. I think I did too many things too fast while we're doing the demo. And just like you would expect in your tickets, you can track your comments, you can reply to customer, you can track your time entries, you can see your critical info on your ticket, and you can very easily add checklist items, or like uh, we were showing before, you can even add those products. So if you decide that you do need a new product, right here is where you do it. You add that material. Generate a quote, generate invoice, right. yep. Just generate a quote, and you track the whole life cycle of that product or products in the ticket. We've quoted it, we've sent the quote, the quote's been approved, we've invoiced it, we've sent the invoice, we paid the invoice, and all the way through to the product is installed and on site. And you can see this all from that one ticket. And we, we did find that one of the big areas that really hold that MSPs have a, a hard time meeting their SLAs because they don't really apply their SLAs is that procurement process, right? Oh, it's not even in a ticket yet. It's in a, it's an opportunity. It's in an activity. It's in whatever thing that PSA uses. But the whole time you have a customer waiting for this new computer to be installed. And so instead we have a, you know, a specific uh, system built around the ability for you to do it all from that ticket, track the SLA from the customer's request all the way until it was delivered. All right, I got to say that's that's pretty cool because, you know, looking at a system like Autotask or ConnectWise or or literally any of them, you have to create a quote and then you got to create a sales order and then you got to yeah. convert, you got to convert it and then you got to hope that when you convert it, that it creates the ticket correctly and that there wasn't some kind of error message. And yep. then when you sell them the hardware, uh, you've got to create the... Um, Oh gosh, what do they call them? Assets or whatever. Right. You, you, you know, right. you, you got to create. You, I mean, so like, there's there's all those yeah. steps, and it seems like you guys have have found a really easy way to skip all of that. Yeah, and oh, go ahead, Bobby. And yeah, and you know, again, it's great if you're a 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 person MSP, whatever. Great. But most MSPs are not that big. And who has time for all that? And again, you know, we, we really contend. Don't spend time in your PSA or, or with your, you know, apps and tools. Yes, you need them. I, we get that. You need them. They help you. But let them help you. Don't spend a bunch of time in them because the things you should be doing, um, you know, is spending time with your customers, reviewing their IT environment, spending time with all those things I've mentioned. You know, we don't. It's right now, the industry as it is today, we just feel that it got it wrong years ago. And there, it's just too complicated, too overbloated for the paperwork, you know. And I mean, you know, text ninjas want to be working on cool stuff. They don't want to have to, they're not professional PSAers. They don't want to spend all their time in a PSA. They want to work on cool stuff. They want to work with customers. They want to do that, you know. So we really did. And um, yeah. Yeah, we should get to reports, uh, Chad. We should. Yeah, just, just to highlight, we do have a materials list, uh, products, but you can always just type something new in. 
Type so it in. Have a cable that's not your product list. You don't have to leave. You just put in what you did. Yeah, as we're as we're um, moving forward with time, just real quick, this whole system and, and with the work feed to finish it out, your task list for tasks that aren't yet scheduled or things you're working on, and your schedule for the day if you just want a snapshot of what you have coming up. You can also look at tomorrow, see what you have then. Everything in Zest is built co cohesively to work together. And because of that, we have really great canned reports. We don't give you 50 or 100 or 1,000 reports. We don't give you a SQL report writer. We don't expect you to go buy a third-party product to get information out of the system. We know the information MSPs need, and we've built reports around that. So uh, here we have reports in four areas. These are the completely canned, ready to go. As soon as you're using Zest normally, you don't have to do anything extra. And we're very excited about adding a few more great reports into these categories uh, in Q2. But you know, very important things that you want to be able to easily see. I can't. I, I recall asking a ser our service manager once to give us a, a specific report about performance in a time period in a queue. And like two days later, he's like, I can't figure it out. I, I have no idea how to do it in our PSA. There's not a report for it. There's a report writer. I tried to use it. So here, if you want to see what's going on in your queues, uh, every single queue is built into Zest. You can turn them on or off, but they're built in. And because of that, we track everything immediately. You can pick your time period, how many tickets were opened, how many were closed, what was your average uh, performance for first response SLA, for resolution SLA. Individually, you can look at your queues and see how many tickets were open and closed in the time period, your SLA performance. If something didn't go well and you want to see, click the report. It takes you right to a filter showing you, well, here's all your SLA failures in the time period, and you can easily review it. Um, really great, not only to get the information quickly, but uh, very interactive as well. Our next report here area is tech performance. And in tech performance, it lets you see just those critical metrics by whichever team members you want to look at. So you can see their individual performance or compare them. And you can see how many tickets have been closed per tech uh, by week, by month, by quarter. You can see their average time per ticket. Uh, this is particularly useful after you're using the system for uh, one or more quarters. And you can see if your newer technicians are getting better over time or if you have a real gap in the time it's taking for work to get done. And then down here, a really unique thing where you get to just pick the people you want to report on and what their time should be going towards. And Zest will tell you, because again, in Zest, it's very easy to track all employee time in tickets, in tasks, or just standalone, how much, what percentage of their time is being spent doing these things they should be doing, right? So you can very easily see your technician leverage, um, and not just technician, your employee leverage overall. Um, and we had, a, we had a unique thing in our MSP where we wanted to make sure that there was enough break time, right? Because... Um, we don't expect 100% leverage. And if there's no break time, people aren't really tracking their time properly. So it was really easy to see uh, if people are tracking their time. And, and because you can report on it, you can hold the technicians accountable very easily. Yeah, let, let me say to for reports just real quick. You know, in general, uh, Steve, we Chad and I have been told a couple of times that we're crazy. <laughs> How, you know, you're crazy. You can't take on... ConnectWise, Autotask, the other things that are out there, too big, they have too much money, too much influence. 
you can't take them on, you're crazy. Maybe just create like a little widget thing that somebody can use and pick up, you know, and we've been told that. But we, we, we've rejected that because we, you know, it's, they've just all, it's just wrong the way they've gone about, um, you know, helping an, an MSP be successful with their PSA. And so one of the thing with reporting is, the other thing we were told is, hey, if, if you come across an, an MSP that's been using, you know, let's say ConnectWise for two, three years, they're, ne- they're too much time, too much money invested, they're, right? Well, one of the people, uh, one of the MSPs that's using um, uh, Zest was in ConnectWise for over three years and they were happy to switch. And they, and they at one point, they uh, asked us about customizable reports and I paused for a minute because I didn't know why they were asking, but I thought, well, you know, here we go. Um, no, we, we don't really have any in there. They're canned. They're ready to go. Uh, maybe we can have some in the future, a few, but, but no, we don't want you spending time on trying to customize all these reports that you don't even need. Like the reports that we have in there, that's what you need. And if you just use the product, there's nothing more you need to do. And they loved it. And I, I thought they were going to go the other, like they loved it, right? And they're like, this is great. And they said, even after three years, just over three years of being in ConnectWise, they said they still cannot get the information they need uh, to, to really to run and know what's going on. So this was a, just a breath of fresh air to them to see these reports so simple, defined. You know, all you got to do is use, use the tool. And it's something that we've we've always said, like, you know, it should be that way. Again, uh, where are you spending your time? You know, you you know, there's so many other things to spend your time on other than, you know, getting a, a degree in your PSA and, you know, all your staff and everyone else spending half of their time running it and knowing it. And then you got to use a third party. If you really want great reporting, you got to spend a bunch of money and use a third party and this and that stuff, you know. I mean, you know, the complicated part should be uh, learning technology and setting up the technology and all that kind of stuff. Not, not this stuff, you know? So, uh, but yeah, with reporting, that's, you know, we're not, and like I said, we're not going to go feature to feature and all that. We're not, you know, this, this is, um, we're going to continue to improve. It's going to continue to get better and better, but, but under, you know, the, the idea that, that we're going to keep things, um, you know, simple and quick, intuitive, um, useful, important, um, and, and that MSPs won't have to spend much time, you know? I mean, how cool is it to just open up, open it up and see the dash bar? Like, that's, you know, oh man, we're, we're, we're struggling today, or oh man, we're doing good today, you know? Um, to round out the reports real quick, we, we do have a kind of a top level MSP performance uh, report area. We have a couple of great reports that are gonna be in here soon, but you can track total company time by category. You can just literally see uh, across the company how much of the time I pay people for goes towards these categories. And then uh, you can also track your revenue by customer over time. Very important, just kind of make sure that things are are growing. Um, And then my favorite thing, uh, many MSP coaches for years uh, all the way, I think the first time I heard it was all the way back in 20, 2009. I uh, have rightly been saying you need to know your tickets per endpoint and your hours per endpoint. It's the most important MSP metric. When you have customers paying you a flat fee, uh, you need to know which customers are 
really heavily utilizing your service? Which ones have you gotten really healthy? You know, it's just this, this amazing number. And yet uh, we could never find any system that could give us that information out of the box or usually at all. I mean, many systems, all we could do is dump out and, and try to build our own reports or of course buy you know, a third party product that you that you pipe it in. Uh, and just, it's just right there. You can, you can track your tickets per managed user uh, per endpoint or tickets per managed uh, hours per managed user or endpoint. And you can set these user or endpoint numbers specifically for each customer. So if you've got customers that you take care of users or customers you take care of endpoints, you can do that custom. And um, there you go. You can just track and see, hey, what's going on with this customer in December? They are way above our threshold of tickets per user. What's going on over here? They're way above hours per user. And you can easily spot your um, less profitable customers give them the attention that you need. You can spot those customers that maybe haven't been putting tickets in that you need to really make sure that that they know uh, that, that you exist and that you're justifying the money they're spending on you. Really, uh, probably the report I'm most proud of us being able to get into Zest is, is to track that information like easily out of the box. All right, that that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's um that's that's the whole guided tour right there. There's <laughs> things you would expect. Um, you know, you can you can look at the time entries and you can filter those if you want to check on what's going on with a specific person. Right. I mean, pro projects but, are pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say let's take a look at projects real quick. Yes. Do you, you guys are you guys okay on time? Absolutely. Hundred okay. percent. And by the way, I don't mind going over. Absolutely. And by the way, just real quick, uh, thank you. And we appreciate you. Um, you know, yeah. it's just great, this industry that it has people like you, um, you know, getting the word out on, on what's available out there. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, uh, let's make a project real quick. So first of all, one of the things that this is, again, designed for simplicity, but we have a lot of MSPs giving us feedback that because of the design, they're actually able to use it way more than the project modules in, in other systems. For example, uh, here's our projects, right? They have statuses and we can say, what are all the projects we have draft in a um, given time period, right? What, are, what do we have coming up next month? Very easy. Uh, what are all the projects that have already been approved that we need to start working on? Or of course you can make a new project. And like everything, we look at what MSPs actually do and built it around that. We didn't build it, like Bobby was saying earlier, around the notion that you're going to have a 20-employee year-long project. And if your MSP is that large, that's great. Right. You're using a product with that much complexity. We, we get it. But we know that the vast majority of MSPs are not at that scale and using the project modules inside other systems, which are kind of built off of bigger industry standards, you know, is, is difficult. Okay, I'm going to time you, Chad. All right, Steve, give me a project. What are, what are we going to do? Go. I've got you. Onboard a new client. Start that on the 20th. End it then. We'll say they were then. We, of course, you have, to, you have to have the client in your system. Uh, we're going to work with Kim on that. I'll be the primary resource. We estimate 30 hours. That's a non-billable project. So 
So you got your project in. How long was that, Bobby? Uh, it was a little less than a minute, just under a minute. All right. Now, uh, uh, a feature that you did point out, and we are working on it, is the uh, project template feature. You had asked if you can mm -hmm. import uh, from spreadsheets, which is actually a fantastic idea. We are working on the ability to have project templates. Um, so that's an active development right now. It is very easy to build out your project tasks, though. Um, we start with our phases. I'm glad you're just doing it and not asking me for the phases. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, once we have the phases, we can create some tasks under those phases. Yeah. And like, like Chad said, we have templates uh, on the roadmap, different ways, you know. One thing we often found, though, was uh, IT projects do tend to be just a little bit different uh, with different customers, different reasons, really. And 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 again, not not in a complicated way, but just you know a, a different step here or there for this reason or that reason. And so again, we wanted it to be super easy to just manually put a step in. You know, like okay, here's you know we want templates, and it's like well, let's add this one here. You know, let's add this this one step. You know, that kind of thing. We just we just wanted it to be very. Uh, manipulated easy so you can go in there and just really put what you need you know so when you make these tasks these are unique uh, project tasks you can see they have a PT number and when you assign those tasks you can assign them to a resource give them their start and end date for the task estimate the hours I gotta say I wish I wish that what you're doing right now you didn't have to go into the into this screen here to do. No, absolutely, and we that is um, something we want to streamline, which is yep. part of a resource automation module. Um, we don't want to do hundred things with mm -hmm. that. We want to do twelve things really, really well. So we don't want this list on the left to keep growing and growing and growing. What we want is we want to keep improving everything about what's already there because these are the things that MSP spend 98% of their time on. And so you're completely right. Uh, we want to get that there as well as part of project creation. Yeah. You can select a template and select resources. And then based on your project certain end dates, it will automatically assign to the proper resources with the proper dates. And uh, I go, I, and I absolutely know what you're saying and um, uh, something we want to do. But as you can see, it's pretty quick. I mean, it's pretty quick to do these project plans. And I know that many people using Zest, especially since um, until you completely build out the project, I mean, it took less than a minute to make the draft project and estimate the hours. Uh, they have all their projects for the year that they haven't even talked to their customers about, thrown it in there, templated out. If you think that maybe this customer needs a server refresh next Q1, you can literally schedule that project for Q1. Yeah, we never had the ability to do this before. We, they were so complicated that we we just wouldn't put take the time to put them in unless they were for sure 
you know, just absolutely going to mm-hmm. happen stuff. And, you know, we just, we didn't, but. So now if you yeah. want to know what you have going on in Q1 of next year, you can interactively work with your project list and you can see it. Unless I did something wrong. <laughs> Probably did. Start date. Oh, there we go. 1-124. And of course you can filter by these things. So it becomes more than just a one project at a time kind of thing that's totally separate, feels different. Many systems of projects would feel very different. Um, It's all kind of built in using the same methodology. So for example, if you are assigned a project task and it is scheduled for work today, it pops Mm -hmm. up on your work feed. You don't have to go to your project to work on your project. Once your tasks are assigned to your resources, it just shows up on their work feed, they, they're you know, scheduled to work on it when they're supposed to work on the it. The work feed is so powerful because you just have to, that's, you just go there. That's what you're doing today. So let's talk about, um, I'm just going to go through my list here and some yeah. of these can just be rapid fire, right? Sure. So Outlook integration, what happens when somebody emails me uh, when they should have emailed support or help at my company? Uh, can I can I turn that into a ticket somehow? You you can um, forward it into the system. It of course accepts tickets by email. You can also, if you want to submit it as it should have been submitted, uh, you can submit it directly from the ticketing portal. Um, we it may sound crazy uh, with the MSP we built. We moved to a point where uh, there were no tickets submitted by email anymore. And uh, mm. once you make it easy for your customers to- it's huge success, away, yeah. It, it eliminated, because I know, I feel your pain. It eliminated a huge amount of those things. So yeah, yeah you can certainly forward the ticket, um, but you, the, the, the thing that many MSPs will do is they'll just simply copy the, copy the description of the ticket, put the customer email and click submit and it's in the system as if they've done it right in the first place. Yeah. But we did get away from all emails and I'm talking about a ton of customers and it worked and it worked beautiful and they understood and they understood it was better for them, you know? So, yeah. but occasionally you get one, you're right. Occasionally you do. And occasionally you get a phone call or text, uh, you know, you got you got to deal with that. And integration in general, we are definitely looking to do more integration with Outlook, just on the calendar side and, and anything else we can. Uh, all right. So you you mentioned you want to do a little more with Outlook. So today you don't have the ability to integrate somebody's calendar. We do not. No, we want okay. we want to put a two way Outlook integration. Two ways so you can see out your calendar events on your today's schedule, but much more mm-hmm. importantly, so when you schedule a ticket, that makes a scheduled event inside your Outlook calendar. That's a feature that we want to have done this year. It's it's my personal, it's the top of my personal priority list, but the world doesn't revolve around me evidently. So um, <laughs> de- definitely high up there. And what do you, you don't have any integrations today not even with like slack or teams or anything like that we don't have any slack integrations we do have some rm rmm integrations that are in progress and should be rolling out this year okay uh email parsing 
I, I know that Autotask and ConnectWise, I mean, all of them, they've all got it built in. And there is still like a third-party email parser that is sold, for, I think, for Autotask. Which, yeah, I saw an AI one. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm thinking of that one. I think it's like, I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, I guess what I want to know is how how much parsing does yours do? Is it just real basic? It came from Steve at Rocket MSP. So obviously that's the, the end user and the client, or is it able to be more intelligent than that? That's, that's a very good question. Uh, it is not more intelligent than that. And while we may add some of those features add some of that support, that's not on high in the priority list because again, with Zest, we are focused on the most successful MSP processes and personal dispatching, uh, human dispatching, is an amazing opportunity to personalize your relationship with your customers. So this is one of those things that I might get targeted and feathered for, and we understand as an MSP grows to be very large, where those automation functions may become yeah. really critical. But when you are uh, a small to medium MSP, every time a customer puts in a request, you get to be a person your technician, whoever's responding to that customer and taking the, I don't know, five seconds to put it in the proper queue if, it's, if it shouldn't be a break fix ticket, um, you get to have that direct interaction with the customer. And actually, that was one of the big points of feedback for many customers that we acquired with our MSP that uh, they did, didn't like getting an automated response. They wanted to know who is looking at this, who's going to help me. So. To answer yeah. your question, yeah, we might support some more parsing specifically around categorization. Yeah. But we don't really intend to support removing a person from that process. Yeah. It, even the automation automation tools that that we've used over the years, uh, they're not always perfect. We we found there there, there was some some major dropped balls at points. Um, it really was frustrating. Uh, if you remember, Chad, we kind of, um, yeah. So, but yeah, we, I mean, we do want to uh, push automation wherever we can, uh, uh, Steve. And this, this is absolutely, I'm sure it's a new product, you know, um, but, um, you know, we're, we're active. We have a, a, a you know, we have a, a large, very amazing development team and um, the backing behind Zest right now is solid. Um, and so we, we're going to be rolling stuff out, you know, very quickly. So. Now, we do support when it comes to tickets coming in by email. We do support specifically two different ingestion emails. So you can make sure you separate break fix from any monitoring alerts. Because, of course, the uh, you don't want to clutter up that break fix board when you know that it's a lot of monitoring noise. Uh, and so we've, again, built the system around that a little bit because we, we want to make sure that people get responded to personally. But you can handling the handle the dispatching of your alerts differently. And then of course if we add integrations for RMM, those yeah. RMM generated tickets can be handled differently. Yeah. Um let's talk about ticketing stuff. So uh this might actually be more of a quality control type thing. When when an MSP hits a certain size, um it almost needs somebody doing quality control on tickets. Uh, you know, as they're being worked, as they're being closed, that type of stuff. So, for example, 
Uh, if time estimated is six hours and you're at 5.75 um, and and then you work a full eight hour day the next day on that ticket, now you're at 13.75, right? So like with Autotask, we can't create a rule that says if a ticket hits 90% of its, uh, of its estimated time, then trigger a warning. We have to we have to say if a ticket hits X number of hours. Well, this ticket has six estimated hours, and that ticket has twelve, and so so it's impossible for us to to do some of that quality control type stuff in an automated fashion because it's it's not doing it as percentages. Do do you guys even offer that level of quality control? We, we don't have any features like that for quality control, but I'm glad you brought it up because one of the reasons Autotask can't do that, uh, and we know we used Autotask in the past, we tried to do similar things. Like you said, it's not built, the, the system itself isn't built around cracking the information necessary to do that. And so while we don't support that right now, we absolutely have a feature roadmap for resource automation. And what you're talking about is in that roadmap. This dash bar, uh, we plan to have a few other things in the future. And one of those mm -hmm. other things would include what you're talking about. Because this system is built around tracking 100% of the time that is spent on tickets and tasks and activities, and because we give up a little bit of the customization and lock down certain things, for example, you can choose which ticket queues you want to use in your MSP, but you don't get to make as many or as few as you want. It, there's, there's canned queues. All of these have laid the groundwork. Uh, we, we started from day one wanting to build a system that, just like you said, lets you know when things are going off the rails at your MSP. And mm -hmm. like you're saying, sometimes maybe you haven't failed SLA on a ticket, but it shouldn't have taken that long based off of its type and subtype. And that's one of the features inside that resource automation. Another yeah, actively in the roadmap. Yeah. Right. Another big, big feature is, and this is this is something that we know that even the largest industry struggle with. Do I have availability to do this project in April? And no PSA right now answers that for you. No PSA tracks how many resources do you have available? <clears throat> what's their skill set? What can you do? I know that there are some ways you can eventually get there, but that's why Zest is built the way it is. That's why this is not kind of an optional box, a scheduled interaction. As we work on the resource automation feature, this is where you're going to track <clears throat> um, how much time is already scheduled for any given technician or engineer. Yeah. Right? In April, yeah, and that's... Yeah, it's on the roadmap, but but that is the problem, though, Steve, is because the autocast is so customizable that it can't track stuff like that. And that's and again, we've had a very just great positive response to no, this is good. We don't we don't we don't want to spend time customizing. If we can get what we need, uh, no, we're good. And so that's why you know, like you can't choose certain things because. Otherwise, the whole reporting gets thrown off, you know, and and I've contended for forever. I've contended forever that techs and engineers, yeah, they like to customize, but they like to customize, you know, a server, video game, fun stuff, you know, all that. They don't want to customize a, a PSA. Are you kidding? Like there's that's it's ridiculous, you know. 
And, and you know, I think a, a really good analogy to that would be, I'm an iPhone guy, okay? Um, and, and we, you know, for years, uh, IT guys have, are always like, oh, I, I prefer Android. I want to customize and, and, you know, I want, I want to use this app for that and mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Um, I've tried switching to Android several times and every time I've done so, uh, I get so excited that I can like customize my, my home screen launcher and I can change the, the apps that, that are used as default mm -hmm. apps for various things that I, I F up the phone right. after after two right. weeks of, right. of screwing around, right? Uh, customizing everything, and and I I wonder like how much of that happens with all the other tools that IT it people use, and that doesn't mean every IT person that customizes their Android device screws up their phone, right? But I think that some people like to tinker more than others yeah and sometimes when you over tinker yeah you put yourself in a world of hurt yeah yeah and we've had that experience ourselves and yes you're right that there are some people that do like what's out there very much and that's great that's great but mm -hmm. we've had this that example we've had that happen to us where we thought we had all the reports and everything how they're supposed to be custom you know customized it out but then we had to do this or add that and do this. And then, oh, where'd that, we had to redo it again. It's, it just, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Chad's saying is we're very thoughtful on the roadmap. Things need to be put in in a way that, again, MSP, the MSP can use Zest and it, it works for them. They don't have to do anything extra. Just, just use it. And then that, that means they have very little time they're spending on it. And they can spend all the rest of the time on what will bring them more money, what will reduce the chaos, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, and, and a lot of the business practices that that we used over the years, Chad and I, are, are really in, they're in there and, and there's more to come. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we were able to get so efficient um, with our MSP that uh, we started to do every other Fridays off. Um, uh, we, we would, you know, synchronize it. So, so everyone, every other Friday you had off, you know, that's pretty cool. And, and, and we, and we did, that was important because, you know, man, think about techs and engineers. They have the toughest job. I mean, they, you know, if not a hundred shots at the goal, they can block 99. And if they miss one, <laughs> the customer's mad and all this, you know, right. they, they have a tough job and you have to think about them and, and support them. And man, putting them in a, in a complicated overbloated PSA is, it's just no good, you know? So, so, so let's talk more about ticketing. Um, my company, we have a uh, service desk manager and one of his roles is obviously making sure all the tickets get done, yeah. uh, which means uh, he could end up dispatching tickets. Yes, we we talked about how how tickets kind of work on here. Have have you guys got your own service desk manager? Do you have somebody doing dispatch at your MSP? Yeah, so we um, service manager, general manager, all, all, all of those levels, and really the dispatching. Uh, we tried different things over the years where 
you know, we had a person that was just dispatching and we've had a person that was technical and then a person non-technical. You know, I've tried all the different methods that have come in. The non-technical one is funny because uh, she was very good at it, but customers sometimes uh, did not like that. <laughs> you know, they, she, she was very good and just, you know, um, but so, you know, we have all, all the different things you can use it. But as it is now, the service desk um, when tickets come in new and Chad, you can talk more to this as well, but when they come in new, the service desk will uh, just take those uh, tickets and assign them. So it gives you more than just one dispatcher. It's kind of spread out. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the way dispatching works, it's actually, we I've run the whole gambit uh, at different MSPs I've worked for and, and I've you know seen all the way different ways people do it. And I can tell you that the two things when it comes to dispatch that, that move the needle the most, that really make a huge difference for customer satisfaction and for um, technician satisfaction, really. Uh, the first thing is really reducing the number of phone calls. Um, that was a big, big push. The number of really badly submitted requests. And uh, the, way we, the way we did that successfully in our MSP is once you let people submit a ticket easily, very easily, right? Even even easier. That's why you know this this is the world's simplest ticket submission portal. Yeah. Say what's wrong and put your email, and that's it, right? That's all we that's all we're asking. You can do more. You can attach a screenshot. You can, you can put more information. But when people put a ticket in and they get a response back from a person that they know within minutes they will stop calling and they will put tickets in. And when the phone stops ringing and your technicians can dispatch a ticket in 15 seconds because they see this gauge turn yellow, then everybody's life is better. Your, tech, your, your, not get, your phone's not ringing off the hook, your, your technicians aren't constantly interrupted, or your dispatcher's not constantly trying to figure out, do I put this person through or do I tell them, do I make them unhappy because they called, but we're not going to help them right now. And your technicians, you know, they can just work through their stuff. And so the reason I bring, I bring all that up is after moving to Zest and using it for dispatching, because it's a very different way of dispatching. So as Bobby said, mm -hmm. on the service desk, everybody would just equally dispatch. Um, and by the way, they would love to grab them themselves because another key thing that you want to do in your MSP is make your technicians, whose job it is to close tickets, happy they're closing tickets. Um, and that there's other ways you go about that. Uh, that's that's a totally different topic. Anyway, uh, the first response time got down to four minutes. Average first response time, four minutes. If a if your customer puts a ticket in and they hear back from Tom four minutes later, and Tom has read what they said and maybe given them a little advice, given set some expectations for them your customers are really happy and they, and they'll, they stop calling. So yeah. on the picture, we viewed dispatching as how do we get people to stop calling and put tickets in properly? <laughs> yeah. I guess part of this is an MSP tip, you know, that we actually did a campaign, you know, we, we had all these customers, we did a campaign, we handed out shirts and, and we did this whole campaign with all of them, submit a ticket, you know, uh, it's better than calling. You have more eyes on it. And we just, we got rid of the ability for them to email. Uh, they had to mm -hmm. submit a ticket or call. 
we and we and we did a campaign to tell them, hey, call us only if it's super urgent and your system's down. And and, and again, like we made it a thing, and and we just really pushed it out there. And it was it was huge, and it was met. They loved it, and they 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 started to see how much better it was for them as a customer if they would just submit a ticket over calling um, or doing anything else. And um, it, it, it's still something that just works great today. Again, you're going to have a few that, you know, you're going to have some random calls. I still get texts once in a while and I'm not even, you know, I'm not active anymore in, the, in you know, in that world. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it really did work. The shirts we handed out said, squeeze the line. And uh, it was, it was pretty cool and they, they liked it and they got it, but it's, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think that's, that's a part of it, but yeah, dispatching can be, um, it's a tough nut to crack sometimes. Okay. So, um, you know, our, our dispatch right now loves that, uh, Kanban board looking, uh, thing that I think Autotask has, mm -hmm. uh, do you guys have any plans of, uh, making anything that looks like that for ticketing? I don't know that we've discussed the Kanban board, but part of the resource automation module uh, does include uh, the ability to dispatch tickets more easily, which is definitely yeah. something for the, the larger MSPs using the product, um, you know, those more mid-sized MSPs. But we get it. That that's important when an MSP reaches a certain size. If you have a dedicated dispatcher or whoever's doing the dispatching, who should I be giving this to? Uh, that's part of the resource automation module, but just like everything we do, we're not we're gonna we're gonna look at what is most functional. We're not gonna look at what any other system is doing. We're gonna build it to be easy, efficient, and um, make it just you know a, a few. Yeah, seconds. our our whole our whole thing is always how does the MSP keep their current customers and grow, and and it's all about that customer service level, and then working back to the technology and. You know, even you can grow as an MSP as your customers grow uh, if you can keep, keep them through the years. And it just gets missed too much in this industry that we are customer service. I mean, that is what an MSP is. It is customers. Now, small to medium sized businesses that MSPs take care of, they, they don't have the resources on their side. They don't understand a lot of the IT stuff. They don't. There's a lot of stuff they 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 don't um, have as well, and so they so that service is important. Um, you know, you start getting too far into um, away from that, and it's fine, uh, but you're not going to grow. Uh, you know, and you're not going to you're not going to keep keep getting more and more um, uh, customers growing with you and stuff like that. It's, you know, we you know we some of the customers we had were across the whole country. And so they're they're remote workers, so we get that. Like, but we'd still find a way to to reach out to all these remote workers. We'd send them a, a box once a year, a really cool box with a bunch of cool stuff in there. You know, hey, we're we're your MSP. You know, remember us and things like that. And so I, I say that because, you know, remote heavy, you got to be careful with that. You know, sometimes it's what a customer wants, or sometimes it is what warrants the situation, but. You know, if you really want to grow a successful MSP, you know, it's 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 obviously customer service, you know, and and so automation is great in its place, um, but I would always be careful with it, you know. Fair. Um, you know, we we talked about how easy it is to 
create a quote or even create an invoice right from a ticket. But what about um, uh, you showed the one report where it's like hours per managed device or managed user. How do we how do we bill for that type of stuff? Can you show us? Sure. Uh, oh yeah. So <clears throat> actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. We didn't look at this area uh, that you had mentioned before that wasn't very clear to you, um, which was how do you what are, what are the contracts, what are the billing terms, and those things look like. So if we go to a customer and we go to their contracts tab, um, again, we, we tried to make it simple, but this is one of the more complex things, right? You have to support a lot of things and it's billing and it's integrating with your, with your QuickBooks. And so um, it was, it, this was one of the things that took the longest to figure out how to make it easy and simple, but let you do everything you need to do. So number one, you can have multiple contracts. So we can make a contract if we already have one, you can apply those. Um, and your primary one contract is going to be your primary contract. That contract is going to let you set your billable work types for that customer and the billing rate for those work types. So we, at a core level to support what you were just asking about, we went, kind of went back to the drawing board and said, a lot of systems do all these different things, contracts, work types, service types. You have to attach a contract. One thing we, I always hated was having to pick the contract for every ticket. What contract is this ticket under? Uh, it's just this extra layer of complexity that's not needed. So here, you're able to say, look, when we do a project for this customer, that type of work is billable. When we do procurement work for this customer, that type of work is billable. And in the future, we will support separate, separate billable rates for these, these separate things. Not that common, um, but I actually pushed back against it. I don't think you should. I think you should stop billing your customers for anything, but uh, just, just get them on that monthly service. But that's, you know, not, not everybody gets there right away. So then you set your billable rate. Now, when you do your invoicing for a time period, it's very simple. It doesn't matter if that time was on a ticket. It doesn't matter if that time was in a task on a project or just a time entry because you, when you do BCIO work for this customer, that's billable. So if the customer calls you out of the blue, you don't have a ticket, a task, anything, you spend 20 minutes talking to them. Well, you know, I just talked with this customer, IT management, you put your time in, your billable time is captured. It's literally that simple. So, um, Again, by getting rid of a bunch of the layers of complexity, we make it really easy to capture your billable time because that's what it is. It's billable time, not tickets, not tasks. It's billable time. So we capture it at the time level. Okay. And how do we how do we bill these contracts monthly, and how do we bill the the billable hours? Well, you bill your, you can, you can initiate invoices from several areas. You can initiate it from a project or from within a ticket. If you just need to do an ad hoc invoice, somebody bought something in the middle of the month. Uh, but when you do your monthly invoicing, you can run your invoicing from the invoicing screen and you can do bulk invoicing for your time. Oh, thank God. <laughs> contracts. Yeah. And we do, we do have several other uh, features 
in development right now in this area because we know, yeah. especially for mid-sized MSPs, it get, yeah it gets it gets laborsome. So uh, based on user feedback, we're putting in we're you're going to put in the ability for your monthly contracts to auto-generate and send, which is hmm. not everybody wants to go that far, but some MSPs evidently do. And since we built the framework the right way to begin with, that, that should, that's not actually a very difficult feature to put in. But yeah, you, you come in here, you pick, you pick the date range you're invoicing for, and you pick your customers you're invoicing. This is another area we're, active, we're actively improving right now uh, to make it easier once that customer list gets really long and generate the invoices. You also, from this screen, have the ability to merge invoices. This is a very important feature for companies who want to generate invoices throughout the month for things they're doing, something they sold, time they had. But then at the end of the month, they want to put it all in one invoice for their customer. You can do that with the merge invoice. And then, of course, at any point, if you just need to make an invoice, maybe something was wrong on the invoice you sent, you just need to correct it, send a new one, you can generate an invoice directly from here. Okay. Um, in the contract thing, I may have, I may have overlooked it. So some people uh, may do block hours, some people may do per user, mm -hmm. some people may do per device. And then others may just do a fixed rate for for the contract. Are right. you able to a, a, accompany um, accommodate for all that? We're able to accommodate everything right now except for block hours. You would need to edit an invoice uh, to account for block hour usage and only bill for overages. Um, we, I have strong feelings about it. We're trying to push MSPs to be really <laughs> successful. And um, that, I don't know. We're, we're, yeah, well, I, I have strong. <laughs> I, I have strong feelings about it too, and and my strong feelings are that um, some MSPs want to do block hours, and that should be okay. Mm -hmm. um, especially because there are some MSPs where they might say, uh, "We're going to invoice for." Uh, Microsoft 365 is a line item. We're going to invoice for like the security essentials on an endpoint, security mm -hmm. essentials on a server. And yeah. then like, so basically all they're doing is they're reselling a lot of like um, services yeah, uh, and, and a lot of it's licensing. Mm -hmm. So, and especially when it's like a co-managed client, right? So you're, you're selling mm -hmm. a bunch of licensing, but then, uh, maybe they also want to have like 65 hours of, of labor every month. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that, yeah, we, I don't see yeah. a problem with that. Yeah. We, we've, we've talked about that and I think it's something that, that will, that we can, uh, you know, that, we'll, that we can put in. We, we have found sometime with block hours, uh, you know, I, I, I do hear what you're saying, Steve, but sometimes with block hours, it becomes a little, um, uh, it creates sometimes some tension between the customer and the and the MSP, just in a sense of well, who's managing that? So 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 somebody at somebody at your customer has to manage that, you know. All right, I got I got ten hours, but, you know. But okay, and and I I'll agree with that. Uh, that is yeah. somebody's thing that they have to manage. 
but it's yeah. not your thing to manage, right? Right. And and I think I think that the the thing that you're probably hung up on is well, we don't do it that way, so nobody else should. But your way, right. while it is working really well, it's not the only way things can be done. Yes. Just like there are yeah. there are ten different ways that you can you can accomplish a single thing when building a website. Right. Um, or, yes. or when building a new computer or, or whatever, right? Um, I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. You're and, totally and, right. I, I don't believe that that rises to the point that we would not, not support it. In fact, I mean, it's already the draft for supporting block hours is already in uh, the development pipeline. Mm -hmm. It does not look like it's a heavy lift feature to add uh, mm -hmm. to the contracting. Like we said, yeah. contracting is by its definition because there's so many different ways to do it. It is just complex, and so that's an area that we know yeah. a lot of ways to. And I think I, I'd have to agree with you. I think that if done right, it, it probably has a, it's a good use. And I think you're right that we we are biased just because we've never seen it uh, work well. But again, like you said, that's our experience, you know. And um, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I like Chad said. I don't think it would be tough at all to get that in there. Um, you know, yeah, to, to, just to at a top level, the product it's built for the MSP, um, the MSP structure, and we do know that block hours many MSPs still use those. You can also do uh hourly work, right? You can have customers that are 100% by the hour. The system isn't built around it, and there are some really good systems, I think, out there for break fix IT. So our only differentiator is it is for people who are MSPs or are trying to move into that space because we still see so many IT companies still trying to do that transition. And that's all. That's mm -hmm. just that, the, the, the design focus of the product specifically yeah. uh, is that. But you've helped us. This is like you're kind of a therapist as well, besides a, a I, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to help. Yes. Um, Looking, looking at my list, I feel like we touched on, I think everything. The only other thing that I would, I would say, we we haven't talked about is um, asset management. Mm -hmm. um, so since you don't have any integrations today, okay. I don't necessarily see a reason for you to have uh, the individual workstations listed in here and, and all that stuff, right? And even when you do start integrating with some of the other RMM platforms that are out there, I still don't know that you necessarily need to have individual assets listed in here. But yeah. something that we definitely need, and and I would say especially when you start looking at your uh, five-plus person MSP, because at that point, at half a million a year or more, yeah. They're they're looking for ways to streamline yes. and automate some of the things they're doing, right? right? So they need to know how many assets are we are we managing in the RMM, and let's make sure we're billing that number. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pax Eight, you know, has a fantastic. Well, I assume it's a fantastic integration with the uh, PSAs that are out there today, so that mm -hmm. um, you can you can automate bringing in all of the, the licensing that you're purchasing yeah. from them and put assign it to all of those customers. Obviously yeah. I know you've you've got integrations on the on the books. Okay. I, I get it. They're not here today. 
but I just need to stress the importance that I don't, I don't know that you're going to have MSPs flocking to Zest until you have some of these things taken care of. Yeah. You, yeah. And it's definitely something what we need to work on. Um, yeah. And it, so you've used, or you, you've used, or you, or you are using Autotask. Um, did you find that the integration with uh, Paxi worked well with that? Because I've never done anything with that integration. Okay. Cause we, it's supposed to, it's supposed to integrate. And, and after six months, we just gave up. It just, it was, it I know was other MSPs doing it. Yeah. So it, it must work. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. What we, what we found is it just, it still needed a manual review because of just billing terms and, and contract change uh, contract yeah. date terms. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up though, Steve. And, uh, I, I completely agree with you. Um, we did just finish the outlining of all the features for our first RMM integrations, and the you know because you can go you can go very deep right with your integrations. Like, are you going to launch remote tools from the PSA? Are you going to have two-way integration where you're pushing data back to the RMM? And we one of the, the some of the features that we definitely are going to make sure we support are exactly what you said. In Zest, you have an employee count right now that you can put in specifically. Uh, and this is what drives your um, tickets per endpoint or hours per endpoint numbers. And you're completely right that if the MSP is doing uh, per user, right, you need to know your contacts. And if it's per device, you need to know the devices you're managing. And it's also very useful to know when you're working a ticket, what is the device or devices that belong to this user? So those are the things we're focusing on. There'll, there'll be another tab here. All the devices that are pulled in from the PSA will be there. Again, simple though, we're not trying to make this. One thing that we are not trying to make Zest is a document management system. That is already a fantastic, uh, an area that's fantastically covered, we believe by other products. Mm -hmm. um, but we agree with you, the RMM is your authoritative source. It should yeah. be your authoritative source, right? For what you're managing. Yeah. And it's a lot of work as an MSP grows, like you just said, yeah. to, to manually keep that up to date. So one of the very first integration features that will be there this year are the ability to plug in to uh, RMMs, bring those in, map them to your users, and automate this number. So you automatically have a life cycle for users you support, mm -hmm. a life cycle for computers you support, and another huge <clears throat> benefit of that is it becomes completely clear to management when your processes for decommissioning machines, offboarding users, or adding machines and users aren't being met uh, because now it's in the PSA where they can see it. So we totally agree with you. Uh, very yeah. important feature we do have that in draft. And, and we think there is a lot of good RMMs out there. I mean, Ninja One, we've, we've always thought, you know, when it was Ninja RMM, uh, in Ninja One, they just, we think that they're just great. I mean, it, we've always really liked that. Uh, Level's a new one that we really like. Um, you know, so we think there there's a lot of, of good ones out there, and we definitely didn't want to worry about that. We don't we don't think there's much missing in that space, really. And so we, we mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're right. You're right on so many levels that we got to really start working on some integrations, you know. Um, however, like I said, we people are using the tool, uh, and I shouldn't say sure. people. You know, MSPs are using the tool um, and it's working for them. And, 
and all that. But you are right. Um, we need those integrations and, and we need that stuff, uh, you know, to, to really to really make it available for everyone. So. Well, good. Uh, gentlemen, this has gone for almost two hours. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. You've got the longest one of 2023 so far. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to keep people too much longer because I don't know that there's anything else for us to, to touch on. Um, if if anybody else has any any questions, please put them in the, in the YouTube chat or, or forever hold your peace. Um, so, so how can people check out Zest? Do you have a trial? Yeah. So um, a couple things. One is, you know, go to uh, zestmsp.com. Um, and yeah, zestmsp.com and sign up for a demo. We are giving away a hundred dollars uh, Amazon gift card for anyone that signs up for a demo. Um, mention uh, Rocket MSP and you'll get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. And in in for uh, you can do sign you can sign up as well too. But we want to do demos. We want to talk to people about this. And so the 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 you know uh, the gift is for a demo. So sign up for a demo. You'll get the card and and uh, as well. You know, I would say Chad want to Chad and I want to talk to some MSPs. So. It, Maybe you're, you're not sure about the product. Just get the $100 card anyways. Just sign up, chat with us, you know, right off the bat when you start the demo. Just say, hey, you know, I'm, I don't know about this, but hey, let's talk MSP a little bit. And that's it. You still get 100 bucks. So, you know, hit, hit the demo and sign up. So, yep. Um, cool. Well, thank you very much. Uh, somebody sent me a private question. Did we cover client profitability with labor hours included? Um, I believe one of your reports was client perf, which I assume means perforation because you just, you know, <laughs> client performance report. And uh, in that client performance report, we're able to see uh, how many hours have been worked and then yes. you've even got thresholds. So that way we can see uh, the thresholds are too many hours. Mm -hmm. So, so we can, we can set the, th now those thresholds are not based on anything other than like best practices, like what you've got in there. So you, you like set, the you yellow, set your, you set your own threshold. Yes, you, you, that, that yourself. you can modify the thresholds to be what fits you. They do come with canned numbers, but um, we do have a specific a client profitability report that we are almost done with. Uh, we're just adding the feature to add your burden cost per employee and also track that cost over time. So you will absolutely uh, by I think I think we're done by the end of Q2. You will have a report on your customer performance that will show you what did I make or lose, you know, and it's going to take into account your revenue and it's going to take into account your costs. And it's, of course, not, not completely perfect, but it's going to be great to see that across every customer and compare your customers. So you can say, mm -hmm. boy, I'm, I'm losing money here. We know that's a huge, difficult thing for a lot of MSPs to get with all their fixed and um, incremental costs. So uh, yeah, we're very excited to get that in there. I see. I see a few more questions here, guys. You you still have yeah. time, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Uh, security. How how secure is your platform? Do you have MFA available? MFA will be rolled out in the next, uh, I believe, two weeks. Um, okay. We're wrapping, wrapping up that right now. It is all AWS hosted, and it definitely has a security-focused um, uh, development bent. We are also doing a real deep dive as, soon, as part of the integration, because that's where, uh, as soon as you start plugging that into other tools, you've got to... Yeah. Um, watch for how that's secured as well. So yeah, MFA is going to be enabled in the next couple of weeks here. It's actually the, the current development sprint and uh, it is all AWS hosted, uh, US based. Cool. Um, I, I never know the right way to ask these questions. Um, how secure is your platform? Like on the back end? On the back end, we're doing, um, you know, industry standard, leaning on AWS infrastructure and limiting all possible exposure. So, um, yeah, it's a hard question to answer. I mean, what does that what does that exactly mean? But we're we're taking we're we're not developing an RMM, so it's fairly straightforward as far as locking down authentication. Um, we don't have API accesses, you know, that we're trying, you know, that are, that are a, a vulnerability point right now. So um, we're we really take the approach of, you know, there's one door, secure the door as well as you can and um, lean on, you know, industry standard um, implementations of everything. And how large is your development team? Uh, the development team is 18, 20 um, team members. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and they're they're uh, they're just they're phenomenal, flat out. U.S. based or all over the world? Uh, U.S. based and also um, in Armenia. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ar Armenia. Armenia is is I would say on the yellow flag list, but it's not a red flag <laughs> list. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yep. And our our development is dedicated you know, development with a team that supports multiple SaaS products. So, you know, we're, we're not, um, this is not something that we threw together in Microsoft Access. Um, <laughs> here. Yeah. Okay. And the development team, they're outsourced then? No, they're, they're part of, they're not outsourced. They're part of the, um, how would you put it, Bobby? They're they're part of part of Zest. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're part of Zest. I mean, the development okay. team. While they yeah. work on other products, they're not an outsourced team. They're all one development team. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, what type of security do you have in place to prevent them from being bad bad actors? That's a great question. Um, I don't I don't handle that directly. Um, the development team is handled you know through. Our development partner, um, and you know we've reviewed those standards, and and uh, that's something they handle directly. So the only thing we could speak to that is this is not uh, their first product, and the development is done by a team that has developed many current on market SaaS products, some in the financial sector. So um, that's good though. I I, I want to get more information directly. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, because this isn't 
you know, everyone's always, there's, there's always one smart aleck in the group, right? You know, so they want to know if you'll sign a BAA, but you don't have anything that touches the customer's uh, network or any, like there's no agent. So you don't need to sign a BAA. Stop asking me these questions, guys. Right. Like, right. <laughs> or, right. or at least understand what you're asking me. Right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we, we do also hold to the approach, like we said, we, we don't intend for this to be a document management system. And mm -hmm. that's for a couple of reasons. And one of those reasons is for security. It's not that we are not trying to build a secure product, but we hold to that standard that, you know, when you are putting, like you said, things you would need a BAA for information or access into a system, uh, that's, a, that's a, bit, a bit of a different threshold than uh, ticketing information. Yeah, and, you know, uh, many of the other PSAs that are out there have uh, KB articles or a knowledge base. Uh, one of them's got a wiki feature built into it. So uh, the the types of information that people can store in that, um, and let's just be honest, not all MSPs should be MSPs. Right. So the, the types of information that those people store in that stuff is terrifying. Right. Um, right. I, I feel like having a, a plain text notepad.txt file on your desktop would be more secure in some instances <laughs> yeah. than what some people end up doing with their PSA. Yeah. But I digress. Um, Gentlemen, thank you very much for doing this. I would love to have you guys back on again, uh, you know, later this year after you release some features, yeah. uh, plug in some integrations, you know, come come show us what's new. Or maybe yeah. uh, you guys have, uh, I don't I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of like a, a way to say you guys have a, a process that you really want to teach everybody or, yeah. or some thought leadership type stuff, right? Um, please don't hesitate to reach out. Excellent. For sure, Steve. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, hey, everybody, thanks for watching and sticking around. You all